0: hello out there. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy morning, afternoon, or evening to share it with me as we embark on another episode of the Mayor Cave Huddle. And I am your host, Greg. Now, as we speak of embarking, Just, you know, me, I always like to talk about different things before I get into what I'm going to get into. We're embarking on the seasons changing and we're going from the, the we're entering spring from winter. But this is like get sick season because this is where. One day, it's like 60 degrees, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I could go to work the next day without my jacket. And the next day, it's like 40 degrees, and you're like, ooh, this is, <coughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm cool. <coughs> oh, boy. And then you're sitting there thinking about antibiotics while you're driving to work or whatnot. But anyway, this is a wonderful time of the year where the leaves start to come out, the grass starts to get green, and you start exercising more because, you know, you're starting to wear those summertime T-shirts for the fellas, and you start looking at how big your belly got over the winter. And you looking at yourself like, good Lord, I need to start walking, start doing to do something to get this belly down. But anyway, um, the NBA playoffs, they are upon us. And it was a wonderful season this year in the NBA. A lot of surprises, but... The playoffs are here, and I want to, in my way, break it down for you. And I'm not going to break it down to the for the championship. I mean, look, at this point, it's the Golden State Warriors versus the field. You know what I'm saying? I mean, bar, uh, barring injury, the Warriors got this. It's just one of those, like, who's going to make it at least interesting while they play the Warriors? But in the East is where we begin. Where we have seed number one, the Milwaukee Bucks, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, an MVP candidate, going up against the Detroit Pistons. It's going to be a good series. Bucks are going to win. Moving along, we have the Toronto Raptors against the Orlando Magic. Young, scrappy team in the Orlando Magic. Nobody probably thought they would go make it to the playoffs. And they were one of the teams where they needed to literally win on the last night to make things happen for themselves, to actually qualify for the postseason. I mean, with Nik- Nikola, Nikola Vujicic, he's putting in 20 and 12. You got DJ Augustin, five assists a game. Jonathan Isaac, rookie, 1.3 blocks. I mean, you know, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gorin, Terrence Ross, G.J. Augustin chipping in with some uh, offensive production also. That should be a real nice series. Moving along, Toronto's going to win. And now we come to two series that are in the Eastern Conference. Fascinating to me. Like the the the, the one-two matchups in terms of the seeds. Those are the ones where it's like background noise. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to disrespect the teams, but it's like, look, you already know what time it is. But when we come to the three seed, Philadelphia 76ers, they are playing the six seed new, I shouldn't say new, Brooklyn Nets. Now, when we talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, Let's talk about the the, the season that they had. It was very good. They had uh, an ample amount of wins, 51, and they backed up their regular season from last year and their postseason in terms of could they do it again? Was last year just one of those years? Are they really that good? And they backed it up this year. I mean, Joel pumping in 27 points, 11, I'm sorry, 13. I don't want to disrespect my man. And two blocks a game. Ben Simmons coming in averaging 7.5 assists a game, 1.5 steals a game. And then this season, I mean, the Sixers, they really made some moves by acquiring the services of Tobias Harris and Jimmy Buckets Butler. Mix that in with J.J. Redick. You really got something going on right now because now you have outside shooting, you have depth, starting-wise, starting-wise, you have depth in terms of after Joel Embiid and Reddick, you got two other guys that could literally put up, you know, 20-point games apiece in Tobias Harris and Butler. But then when you look at the bench, to me, that's my major concern when I look at this series because when I see the starting lineup of Ben Simmons, Reddick, Butler, Tobias Harris, and Embiid, that's a real nice starting five. But then when I see the backups uh, who are the depth of TJ McConnell, Jonathan Simmons, uh, Boban, Mark Janovich, I mean, Mike Scott. Mike Scott could ball, I'm not going to lie. He could knock down some threes, but he's just such a liability in so many areas. But he could literally score 30 points and go 10 for 10 from three. But I don't see the quality depth on this thing the Sixers team, and playing a team like the Brooklyn Nets. Look, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they're the type of team where the Sixers have A talent. They have superstar talent in Joel Embiid. They have real good players, A-type players in this series where you got Ben Simmons. You got names like Ben Simmons, Butler. You know, you got all those guys. But then when you look at the, the the Nets, these are guys where it's like a team of when you're in a park and you're picking who you want to play with, and these are the guys that don't get picked, and it's just a collection of them. But look, Atkinson, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, has really turned it around. And he's got these guys to buy in to being scrappy, tough-minded, just we're going to execute type of players. Remember D'Angelo Russell? The player who got into that incident in L.A. and got traded and who I thought was going to be a really good player seemed to fade out quickly and was thought to be a bust, had a career year this year. 21 points a game, 7 assists, a steal, 1.2 steals per game. That's a pretty good season out of him. And then you back that up. And look, the one thing that these guys have is depth and guys that are going to put buckets up. I mean, you have D'Angelo Russell leading the team with 21 points. You got Spencer Dinwiddie, 16 points. Joe Harris, who had the highest three-point average per year Um, this year, where shooting-wise, I don't have that number right in front of me. Darn it, I should. Hold on. Give me two seconds here. One, two. Okay. Um, From three He's shooting, well, versus Philly this year, he's shooting um, 55% from three. But overall, 47.4% from three, which led the NBA. Yeah, you heard me. Led the NBA. Meaning that from three, he's shooting better than Cook'em Chef Curry. And, and and all those other players you want to talk about, James Harden and all those other three-point shooters, then he also won a three-point shooting contest this year. So you got Jay, you got Joe Harris chipping in with 13 points a game. Karis Levert chipping in with 13 points a game. Demar Carroll chipping in with 11 points a game. Jarrett Allen chipping in with 10 points a game. You got Alan Crabb chipping in with 10 points a game. Shabazz Napier chipping in with 10 points a game. Oh, and then you got guys like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, chipping in with uh, eight points a game. They got a lot of guys where depth-wise, when you look at this team, it's like, oh, we're going to go to the bench and maybe we could really get busy with this player not playing. So when D'Angelo Russell's not on, you got Spencer Dinwiddie. When Joe Harris is not on, you got Karis LeVert. When Jared Allen is not in, and all his job is to do is get boards, defend, and rotate, you got Ed Davis who could do the same thing. You got a lot of guys on this Nets team where they may not be household names, but they do their job. And mark my words, I'm not saying that this is a series that the Nets are going to win, but they're saying that Joel Embiid has a sore knee, might not be ready for game one, and might miss some games. If, and this is the big if, let's put caps on this if. If Joel Embiid is not ready to play his A game in this series, I got one chant. Brooklyn! uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh. Brooklyn! uh 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 uh, Brooklyn! I can see Brooklyn taking this. I really, really. And I'm not saying they're going to blow the Sixers out. I could see these games oh, – I could see this going six to seven games and every game being the 115-112 variety, 110-105, the 103-101 type of variety, type of games where it's like nail-biting to where you got to wait for a commercial break to just go use the bathroom. And then we move on to the 4-5 matchup where when you say the 4-5 matchup, it should be the most competitive um. Matchup in terms of the teams are so much close, close like each other. In this series, you have the Boston Celtics and the Indiana Pacers. Now, on paper, when you look at these teams, you got all the weapons that the Boston Celtics have, and they have a lot. I mean, let's keep it real. They took the LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers last year without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward last year to set Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And now you're coming back with a plethora of players. I mean, you got Kyrie Irving. You have Jalen Brown. You have Jason Tatum. You have Marcus Morris. You have Al Horford. You got Terry Rozier coming off the bench. Gordon Hayward. But the thing is, what's going to hurt for the Celtics is that Marcus Smart has a torn abdominal muscle. They're saying if the... If the Celtics make it back to the Easter Conference Finals, he'll be ready to play. Ab muscles take a while to heal, man. He might be done like... I, I don't want to say how long he's going to be gone for, but those take a while to heal. Because you use your abs to do everything. I mean, even if you have a big belly, you may not think you're using your abs, but you're using your abs. But with the depth that the Celtics have, I really don't see them having a problem. But then when you're playing the Indiana Pacers... I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to not only the team mentality, but the head coach of this team. I mean, Victor Oladipo, you came into this season thinking he was going to be the only person that could really do anything on this team. Lost early on in the season, but yet they managed to make the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, with starters like Darren Collison, Tyreek Evans, Bojan Bogdanovic. Look, I don't want to. I don't want this to sound the wrong or a type of way where I sound ignorant, but doesn't it feel like with a lot of the European players, there's always like a lot of itches like Bogdanovich. And it's just, I I don't know. But when you talk about other players, you got Thaddeus Young, Miles Turner, you got a lot of players. they, They remind me of the Indiana Pacers where they're not a team that has that one point-blank superstar, but they got depth and they got a bench, and I really wouldn't be surprised if this was the team that gave the Celtics fits. I don't think the Pacers will win this series, but I do think it's going to be harder than it is for Boston. So I think in the East, you're going to have uh, the Bucks moving forward, Boston moving forward. I mean, with that Sixers and, 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 and Brooklyn, oof, 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 oof. I mean, you got a grain of rice separating, in my opinion, separating who's going to win or lose in this series. Mm. Mm. You know what? I'm going to give it to you right now. Brooklyn's going to win this series in the upset. Philly, for the first time, they're going to feel some pressure. They're going to feel like they need to win. And all this time with the process and tanking all these years, they've always been the little engine that could. Now, they're not the little engine that could. It's the big engine that better get it done. And I don't know if they can. Toronto's winning, and that's going to be your your, uh, first round wins in the Eastern Conference. Now let's go on the second best side, the west side, as we have the number one seed, Golden State Warriors, taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Doc River, the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, with all respect to the Clippers, Warriors are winning moving along. This is a fascinating series when you have the two-seed Denver Nuggets playing the seven-seed San Antonio Spurs. It's going to be interesting in that, personally, myself, when I did the NBA preview, I didn't even have Denver making the playoffs, and here they are, the two-seed. I didn't have the San Antonio Spurs making the playoffs, and here they are, the seven-seed. You have the extreme coaching of Popovich with the Spurs, and you got all these young up-and-comers on the Denver Nuggets. Now, are they ready to play into the playoffs? Because it's it, it, it's 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 one of those situations where you're gonna have to beat the bully on the block, and you be you best be ready to play because Nikolai Djokic and, and you got Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap. I mean, look at let's let talk about Nikolai Jokic for a second. This guy is averaging twenty points a game, ten rebounds a game, seven assists a game, one point four assists per game. I mean, who's carrying his bags? Because you know he's exhausted after all the work he's putting in into every damn game that they playing. But anyway, I think, you know, they're going to have enough to play the San Antonio Spurs. And I think it's not going to be easy for the Nuggets. I think it's going to be real difficult because you know that LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be a handful for Nikolai. DeMar DeRozan is going to be a handful. But then it's just all about Patty Mills and then who else is coming to play. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't going to – they're going to lay down. I just think the Devon Nuggets are going to take this series. Now, to me, similar to the Eastern Conference, this 3-6 matchup, fascinating to me. Fascinating. Why is it fascinating? It is the Portland Trail Blazers who are the 3-seed taking on the 6-seed Oklahoma City Thunder. What makes this series fascinating is this. When you had a fully healthy Portland Trailblazers, you had Joseph Neurich, who was raking 15 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, three assists, a steal, and a block per game. He had a brutal broken leg towards the end of the season, and he's gone. He's gone for the rest of the—he's gone for the year. So now you have Damian Lillard, Dame Dollar Lillard. You got C.J. McCollum, two guys averaging both in the backcourt over 20 points a game. But then when you look at the players after that, who's really going to give you your offensive production? Somebody's going to need to step up. Because the guy that's replacing Josef, Yusef Nurik, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm massacring his name, but Enos Cantor is that guy. Enos Cantor played on Oklahoma City Thunder. The reason why the Oklahoma City Thunder got rid of Enos Cantor is because of his defensive liabilities. He's an offensive threat, an average offensive threat, but defensively he can be exposed, and you best expect Steven Adams to expose him. And when you look at, like I said, a a third scoring option, somebody's going to have to step up. Who that person is, I don't know. Because when you play the Oklahoma City Thunder, you better come with your A game because you're playing against the baddest man in town. I mean, whenever I watch Wrestle Westbrook, he's he he makes me scared because he's just always so mad. Like, why you like like I understand he has to hype himself up, be the angry man, so he could get him his juices flowing to play at a, at a type of level. And I get it, and I and I respect it, and I understand why he's doing it. But it's just watching him play. I just be tucking myself under the covers like I didn't do it. Don't be mad at me. But this team, I mean, the same way you had C.J. McCollum and Dame Dollar Lillard on the other team, you got Paul George pumping in 28 points a game. And you got the triple-double King and Russell Westbrook, 22.9 points. Let's just say 23 points a game, 11 rebounds a game, and 10 assists a game. And let's not forget about Paul George's defense bringing in 2.2 assists a game. And his four assists, those two guys are really going to pose problems for the Portland Trailblazers. And like I said, when you look at a team like this, they have a lot of depth on this team. And when you look at Steven Adams, 13 points a game, 10 rebounds. Now are those numbers gonna go up in the postseason because of the absence of the starting center on the Portland Trailblazers going up against Terrence, going up against Terrence, Enos Cantor. And when you look at the bench, there's one thing that I like about this Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's talk about this bench. Dennis Schroeder, Hamadou Diallo, Abdel Nader, Norris, Morris, New Orleans Noel. I understand they all might not be household names, but Dennis Schroeder, he's, a re- he's, he's almost like, I don't want to say 1B in that he's as good as Russell Westbrook, but Dennis Schroeder is a starting point guard in the NBA. He just chose to go to Oklahoma City because it was his best chance at winning the NBA title. Markeith Morris, I mean, he's just a, a veteran that just gets you boards and makes plays. New Orleans Noel is the same way. My only concern is the same with the Portland Trailblazers. They need a third guy to step up and put in some buckets like for real. And if that opportunity presents itself, and Steven Adams is that dude, I mean did the Oklahoma City potentially could win this series, but I think their lack of three point shooting is what's going to do them in. I think Portland takes these guys, but I think it's going to be a dogfight. When I say dogfight, I mean like both teams are going to be leaving with bruises. And in the four or five matchup, you have MVP candidate led James Harden's Houston Rockets, the four seed going up against the five seed Utah Jazz. Now, when you talk about the Houston Rockets, I'm not saying this. A lot of people feel that the Houston Rockets are the best team in the West Coast to not beat the Golden State Warriors, but maybe present the most competitive series against the Golden State Warriors. Now, look, we all know James Harden, MVP candidate, 36 points a game, seven assists a game, six rebounds. He's improved his Team defense. I don't want to say on-ball defense, but he did average two steals a game, so he's playing a type of defense. It's team defense. But his style of offensive play, as great as it is during the regular season, it just doesn't work in a postseason. Chucking up shots, playing for the fouls, expecting, it to, expecting to get foul calls that don't happen. But then last year, they didn't have a lot of Chris Paul, who led the team with eight assists a game, and he's going to be available for them this year. Now, if he gets injured at any point throughout the playoffs, you could call it a wrap. But I think when you look at the Houston Rockets playing the Jazz, James Harden, Clint Capella, Chris Paul, I think that's enough to overcome the Jazz. And look, the Jazz, they're a good team. They're a real good team. They they, they might almost even be there with Donovan Mitchell, I mean, Rudy Gobert, that guy is just an animal on um, the block with his 13 rebounds and his two 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 and a half, well, I should say two and a half, 2.3 blocks per game. But I just think the scoring of Houston, because when you play Houston, it's one thing that you got to keep in mind. They're going to throw up some threes. Whether you like it or not, them dudes are going to throw up some threes. And you got to go into that game thinking like, look, whatever the game plan is, how do we put up 130, 140? <clears throat> because that's the only way you're going to beat these guys. If you can't put up 130, 140, thank you. The door's right there. Don't forget to tip the waitress on the way out, because when you look at these guys and the depth on this roster, look, when you talk about three-point shooting, Chris Walker could shoot the three. Eric Gordon could shoot the three. James Harden could shoot the three. P.J. Tucker could shoot the three. Clint Capella, he doesn't need to shoot the three because he's getting the rebounds from all the other guys. But then when you look at the bench, Austin Rivers can shoot the three. Iman Shumper can shoot the three. Joe Green can shoot the three. They got a lot of guys that could do what? Exactly, shoot the three. So if you can't defend the three and you can't put up buckets, yeah. Thank you. So I have the Warriors winning. I have the Denver Nuggets in a dogfight winning. I have the Portland Trailblazers winning in another dogfight and the Houston Rockets winning. That's the first round. If after all, a lot of all these matchups, any interesting stories, or maybe if there's an anti or a very um, great game that occurred that evening, I'll hop on the mic late at night and throw something on just to keep you informed. Because you know what we do? I just like to inform, educate, and entertain. And like I do with every episode, as we come to an end, of this NBA Playoff Preview episode, I'd like to end with a positive quote. And in this episode, the positive quote is, stop letting people who do so little for you control so much of your mind, feelings, and emotions. Stop letting people who do so little for you control so much of your mind, feelings, and emotions. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.